It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone. It's a Saturday again. Yay. I mean, this happens every seven days. You're used to this by now, but it's the Saturday Friends Club. You mean except for the days when you're late? I mean, well, except and, for and the days mean, where we can't put out an episode, I'm never late. What about for the days in which inexplicable circumstances lead to episodes not being put out on time? Uh, I mean, I always backfill them, so then that way it always looks like they're on a Saturday. <laughs> so, it's never truly on a Saturday. It's all a charade. It's always a Saturday. I would never lie to you, much like Cusco in this episode. But, I don't I don't trust you. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Josh. We're over here at the Saturday Friends Club. Sabrina's here. Hello. Martin's here. Hello. Uh, we are having a good time together as friends. Yay. I also need you guys to talk for a little bit because I did not bring up the stuff. Well, that sounds like a bad on your part. Exactly. I mean, it is, but, you know, it was just the fact that much like uh, our, our, our what we're going to cover today, um, sometimes things should be given to you rightfully without you having to ask. Mm-hmm. Look, look, Josh. Hey, Martin, know. how have things been with you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't deflect this. <laughs> God, look at this, just having this, like, preparation privilege, making sure to have everything kind of set. We had the whole pre-show for you to pull shit up, and... You kind of just were sitting there, like, I'm just hanging out. My name is Josh. I don't actually do anything. I don't sound like that. My name is Josh. Why do I sound like a puddle? I don't know. You are wearing a San Jose Sharks jersey. Yeah, so. I mean it's a hoodie. Know your clothes, dude. No, it's a it's a it's a hoodie. Yeah, it's a hoodie. Yeah, you said jersey. It's a different thing. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> if, you're, if you're gonna give me shit, I'm gonna give you back on some. Man no, things. no, you pointed it out. Oh my goodness gracious! What is happening to me today? All right. So uh, as said, uh, we are choosing our episodes. We are a nostalgia podcast where we talk about things that we've seen before. Uh, as you obviously know by looking at the episode, we are going to be covering The Emperor's New Groove. This is my choice, and it's my choice not necessarily because I have any hard feelings on Emperor's New Groove, but because the movie sort of has had its own resurgence of interest in the past few years. Hmm. So, um, th- basically, my past history with The Emperor's New Groove is that I watched it while you know it was relatively relatively fresh. And I enjoyed it. It was interesting. It was unusual, but interesting. Um, And then kind of kept it on the back burner. Didn't think about it for a while. Somebody would bring up Emperor's New Groove. And I'd go like, oh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that. And that was it. Uh, And then it only has been in like the recent few years that it seems like people have gone like, oh, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, that's so good. Like, I super love that. It's like so bad that it like killed the the Disney animation empire and everything and and then just going like, huh. But it was a weird movie. I don't think it was bad. It just from what I heard later on, um apparently the original vision for it was not what it ended up turning into that is correct Mm. yeah so but in a way it worked out in its favor because they're saying if it had gone the direction it was originally intended to then it would have really flopped 
But what was the original direction that they were going So for? the original direction was Kingdom of the Sun. Hmm. Uh, and basically this was a big project uh, that was pitched uh, by Michael Eisner. Uh, all the elements of a classic Disney film. It was very like ambitious uh like the and had some similar things with the greedy selfish emperor uh who finds a peasant who looks like him and the emperor swaps places uh so they have essentially the the pauper and prince uh, kind of situation right um uh but basically because uh the box office for pocahontas and hunchback had problems uh they thought the project was merely just too robust and too big uh, they had essentially spent years kind of thinking about how they were going to do this topic and didn't feel that it was coming together. So they scrapped it and kind of pared it down to what it became as Emperor's New Groove. Ah. So that's the reason why I feel like this is the first movie that is truly a departure from what Disney was kind of doing before. Because if you think you kind of have Lion King, big like... One, you know, we could probably say one of the most like important films of the '90s, The Lion King. Right. Uh, then you move to like the ones that they were mentioning, Pocahontas and uh, you know, Hunchback, and they are like important movies in that particular span of Disney because oh, yeah, Pocahontas, like the you know, uh, you had that great um, you know, Colors of the Wind song. You had uh, Pocahontas or uh, Hunchback, which had that great villain song. Hellfire. In it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hellfire. Oh, so like good. some really great points to it. And this is just kind of like a weird divergence to where it's like, uh, okay, which way are we going to take this? No, we're going down kooky silly land. Like, let's, let's just take this weird divergence into goofy town. Uh, and then the follow up movies after this for Disney, which were like Titan AE and um, what was the planet one? Uh, treasure planet or i don't think it was treasure planet i think it was there were there was one after this one which was essentially the like death kneel for a lot of what uh the traditional animation that was being done at disney because it was just like hey 3d animation is the hot new deal and we're gonna do this now Hmm. i don't remember which one it was yeah no it was i think it was the black cauldron actually no but black cauldron was the 80s Black Cauldrons was like 84. Really? It's yeah. that old? Black Cauldron is very old. Really? Uh, let's see. Black, Black Cauldron movie. 84. I was correct. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, that was the one like bizarre. So that is between the span. Uh, that was actually the first like real point that Disney had to make a reboot because it wasn't until The Little Mermaid that they got their footing again. Mm. And then they went through The Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast. They did uh, Lion King. And then that was kind of like that golden age there before they kind of had their neck stumbling through, you know, through the animation period, they attempted to bring it back by the princess and the frog. Then, then we haven't had anything since. Right. So it, and the frog was so good. Too. I still haven't seen it. It was actually Treasure Planet, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got you it were, right. You were right. Yeah. Which is dumb because I love Treasure Planet. That's a great movie. I know people that love Titan A, even though I can't stand looking at that lady's knees. Those legs are I so weird. I love Titan A too. I liked all of those movies, Treasure Planet, Titan A.E., uh, it, what was the Atlantis one? Oh. Um, it is something Atlantis. Yes, it is something Atlantis. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Not Atlantis. Atlantis: The Lost Empire. That is correct. Yes, yes that, that movie. One... I loved Atlantis: The Last, uh, The Lost Empire. That and then, a... kind of in that entire like span, not necessarily made by Disney, but there was uh, the Iron Giant, which yes. was kind of in that similar span of like '90s animated movies that were just like they were good, they were super appreciated, but they just didn't like do it box office wise or like financially enough for the studios to be like yeah which is sad well yeah. what's interesting about the emperor's new groove though is that even though it didn't have as stellar a box office performance that was projected for i think it was like out of a hundred million dollar budget they got 167 million dollars at the box office the directed dvd sales for emperor's new groove were extremely uh were extremely good oh wow yeah so that actually gave it its uh, follow-up life and where they got the um, the motivation to be able to do the TV series that kind of spun out of Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, which makes kind of more sense to it. And besides, like, we can all agree that a lot of the TV series stuff that comes from the movies is pretty good. <laughs> they have that bear fly a plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emperor's New Groove did have a TV series on Disney. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... All right, so let's go ahead and get down to it. How about we talk a little bit about uh, being your own man where everybody has to uh, do whatever you want and you are just the most powerful person in the world and everybody is against you because you're so great and awesome and cool and loved and awesome and you're also David Spade. Uh, oh, uh, let's, uh, this is the button where I hit for Emperor's New Group. That's the wrong button. <laughs> but you know what? That is very much like an Emperor's New Groove. I was impressed. Yeah, that, that would be something silly and weird like uh, liking this. <clears throat> right, let's move ahead. There are despots and dictators, political manipulators. There are bluebirds with the intellects of fleas. There are kings and catty tyrants who are so lacking in refinements. Maybe better see this swinging from the tree. He was born and raised to rule. No one has ever been this cool. You know, I was ready to uh, go to a bar in Caracas after that song. <laughs> It is also like the only song in the movie. Yeah, who does the who does the singing? Is it Tom Jones? It does sound a lot like Tom Jones' music. Let's see what I can find for the music on that. I mean, it could be. Hmm. Uh, we'll just say it's Tom Jones for right now. Uh, right. I mean, I don't want to say it's Tom Jones if it's not Tom Jones. I don't know. I'd have to do a search on this page. There's, I'm trying to juggle a lot of things right now. <laughs> well, it's a podcast. I don't edit these. I post them as is. Oh, geez. It makes it easy. Uh, <laughs> the Emperor's New Groove is a 2000 American animated slapstick buddy film produced by Walt Disney Future Animation released by Walt Disney Pictures. It is the 40th 
animated Disney filter film. Uh, the film is directed by Mark Dindle and written by David Reynolds and starring David Spade, John Goodman, Eartha Kitt, Patrick Warburton, and Wendy Malick. The film follows a selfish young Incan emperor named Cusco, who is transformed into a llama by his ex-advisor Yzma. In order for the emperor to change back into a human, he trusts a village leader named Pacha, who escorts him back to the palace. Can I just say that anything Eartha Kit is in is automatically amazing? I mean, remember, she was the crazy old lady in um, in Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah, mm. she is here. Old Lady Hackmore. That is correct. Yep. And she plays Yzma in this one, and she is just fantastic. She also won an Annie Award for this role. Oh, really? That's... For Outstanding Individual Achievement for Voice Acting by a Female Performing in an Animated Feature Production. Whew! Would you look at that? That's that pretty... they had to like ex- they had to lower the font on that one to actually get that on the award. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and was nominated for the Black Reel Award for Best Supporting Actress. Hot damn. So, and this was one of the last roles. She was in Holes, Preaching to the Choir, Kronk's New Groove, which yeah. I believe is the follow-up. Yep. yep. Uh, and then, uh, and also, and then came Love as Mona, which was her last motion picture in 2007. Bless huh. uh, her soul. Yes. Bless her soul indeed. Uh, Ember's New Groove. So, as said, tonal shifts. Uh, this is an odd movie because... If you think about a lot of what Disney movies are, they are like you there there are a lot of follow taking the usual tale of taking a character, breaking them down and bringing them back up. And that is essentially exactly what they do in this film. Mm-hmm. But you also kind of hate our lead character throughout mo I'd say 95% of the movie. Yep. Yeah, he is <laughs> he is really unlikable. <laughs> Like this is the guy we're following. This is the guy that's our narrator. He's a pain in the ass. Yeah, he's pain in the ass who betrays betrays our good peasant multiple times. Poor Pacha. Poor Pacha. He did not deserve it. I mean, I think that's what makes it unique, though, as far as Disney movies are concerned. It's not the same story over and over again. You know, it's basically a new concept of where you your hero is the bad guy technically and even though there is also an actual bad guy in the story you see this person become a better person as the story continues not that oh he's automatically a good person because he's our protagonist it's no he has to earn the right to be the uh, protagonist in this movie Mm. i can kind of see a little bit of that like what i was thinking while also seeing his uh, uh his progression through was um to Avatar The Last Airbender and Zuko because mm-hmm. initially when you were watching Zuko you're like god this guy is like a, just a selfish mm-hmm. like revenge struck you know little kid that's just trying to uh, terrorize these uh, these villages to be able to get daddy's love but then at the end of it you really do see his character yeah. progress and change but unlike uh, Avatar The Last Airbender you didn't have as much of that um, uh, episodic uh, uh, format to be able to bring Cusco's characters out so yeah. you can really get to see more of the good that Cusco does get to do. Yeah, it's, it's a very short amount of time. Like it is, 
85% of the movie, him being completely selfish. Yeah. Uh, and then like the 10% of redemptive arc and the 5%, hey, now he's good. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's, a, it's mainly him just being like, no, take care of me. Help me. You need to help me. I'm the emperor. Help me. Help me. I'm going to order you around. I order you to take me back to the palace. Yeah. It, it's very much that. And in David Spade's voice. So you can imagine it's just like this. Like this for an entire hour and 10 minutes. Yay. Meanwhile, John Goodman's John Goodman in this movie. I loved all the voice oh, actors in this movie. Oh my though. god! It's Kronk's voice. Oh, I love Kronk. Right. Let's go ahead and talk about Kronk because oh. we're all. I mean, like the the one thing I'll say is that if you had, like this, this is the reason that it is a weird tonal movie is because regardless if you are watching, uh, if you're watching our heroes or you're watching the villains who get equally and as much screen time in this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're interested in what's going to happen because both of them are just interesting to watch yeah Kronk and Yzma themselves are weird and wacky and zany in a way that like usually is reserved for like the imps that follow Hades around and oh uh, yeah like yeah, yeah. they just have this kind of like silliness to yes. them they right. don't feel intimidating and yet they're supposed to be mm-hmm. yeah um, so yeah, when they're on, they're just like, they go into their lab and the lab like has a, like a cart that you take. And the then all yeah, of a sudden, all of a sudden they're in like mad doctor outfits. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> it's just so just zany and weird. They have, they have those tusks that they pull mm-hmm. to get inside yeah. of the lair, which Sabrina yeah. was just like, <gasps> yeah, no. Cause I've seen the movie a few times. So like, I, I know what was going to happen, but, but I love it when she pulls the lever and then there's this giant hole and Yzma falls through it. And she's like, wrong lever. <laughs> and then the next scene you see her coming out of this secret like wall with an alligator attached to her. And she's like, why do we even have that lever? Which is a great payoff when later that exact same <laughs> thing mean, happens. And all yeah. Cusco says as he walks back in is, why do we have that lever? Like, why do, they, <laughs> yeah, oh, why so do they even good. have that lever? Yeah, it's like, what's the point of that? Yeah, I want to know. I, I was thinking about that after it was like, what is that lever for? <laughs> like, like they, the villain doesn't even know why it's there. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, just lever hanging out, man. It's just a whole, like, there's just a whole bunch of, like, it feels like they had, in similar thing, they had lost the idea of, like, okay, we can't do the big movie. So let's just do- toss as many weird, zany gags that we can in this movie. The entire, like, ordering scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That was- Right. Yeah. Where basically Yzma and Cusco are just in this rotating door giving orders to Kronk. And Kronk is just like going through. It's like, yep, right, got it. All right, then come back, change food. Cheese, no cheese. Cheese, no cheese. cheese. All right, got no it. Well, Yara, you're going to need to make a decision here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, Pacha is just like hanging out in there trying to also. Just... Yeah, and Pacha very much plays our straight man who is just like. Both on the entire thing of he wants to save his village, but also like not wanting to actually like give in to all of Cusco's ridiculous demands and trying to actually like save him, but not like he he's kind of interesting just in that particular fact. Like yeah, he doesn't want Cusco to get back to the villa to the change himself because ultimately Cusco wants to destroy his village. But he's a good person, so he's like, but I have to help you because you're in need, mm-hmm. right? Right. And he is, I think he also kind of sees that um, if he is able to kind of 
get more of his good side brought out initially through this journey, then at the end of it, it's not only going to benefit his village, but the rest of the country. Right. So, I mean, should, do you feel that this is a movie that we need to go through the plot points of it? I mean, okay, let's go we, for it. Sure. Let's do it. Uh, so, narrated by himself throughout the film, Cusco is the 18-year-old selfish and egotistical emperor of the Inca in kingdom who routinely punishes anyone who disappoints him or throws off his groove. <laughs> <laughs> Cusco meets up with Pacha, a kind peasant and village leader, who tells him that he plans to demolish Pacha's hilltop family home to build himself a lavish summer resort called Cuscotopia, leaving Pacha despondent. When Cusco later fires his conniving advisor, Yizma, she, along with dim-witted henchman Kronk, plots to take over the throne. The pair attempt to poison the emperor at dinner, but due to a mix-up of the label on Yizma's vials, they inadvertently give him a potion that transforms him into a llama. When the two knock Cusco unconscious and stuff him in a sack, Yizma orders Kronk to dispose of him. Kronk has a stroke of conscience and saves him, but unfortunately misplaced the sack on a cart belonging to Pacha. So... Before we proceed, though, when in in the scene where um he's actually carrying Acusco down the the massive stairs of the palace, and you know he's uh, just about to throw him into the river, they have where Kronk we're mentioning, a Kronk, yeah, Kronk, sorry, where Kronk is um uh, has him in like a little bag, uh, a little bag, and he's about to put him into um um uh, into the canal that goes down this waterfall. A uh <laughs> like a good and evil version of Kronk, come on, and it's I love. Those little scenes with those guys. Oh, the angel and the, the devil. Yeah, on your the shoulder. angel and the devil yeah. is just so funny <laughs> because like the angel and the devil are both taking shots at each other. Yeah. So why they shouldn't believe and like I uh, like um, the, the angel at one point is just like <laughs> I love the one that the devil is just like uh, step three. Look what I can do, and he just like like starts benching himself on one hand. Yeah, <laughs> and Kronk is just like, what does this mean? And the, the angel's like, no, hold on, he's got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Even his devil and angel are kind of a little dumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I actually enjoyed the scene before that, which was actually all of just like Kronk just like bringing out spinach puffs and oh, like, yeah. like it's just like, oh, because he's going to really miss dessert. <laughs> he's just like so excited about these tiny little things. Yeah, and the, just the overall He's a sweet, dinner. simple boy. He is. He's such a simple boy. Mm-hmm. And I was worried that if he was going to stay with Isma for another 10 years, because I think she cycles through... These kinds of guys every time, uh, every twenty, every ten years. So. Yeah, because she needs a young, handsome man by I her know. side. Exactly. <laughs> what kind of complex does that speak to, Isma? <laughs> Don't be ageist. Uh, <laughs> all right, Pacha. He's a cougar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we should. I'll, I'll just mention briefly mention like Cusco is completely horrible throughout this entire part because he is just like, oh, you threw off my groove. I'll throw you out of the building, or you know, basically like he's. He's walking and forcing people to, like, build statues for him. He goes through an entire, like, list of concubines. He's just like, no, ugly, no, 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 ew, no. Like, he's just completely just a pain in the ass. Well, no, yeah. they were trying to get him to find a wife. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, no, no, no. Which is actually one one point that's also a thing that's lacking from this from almost every other Disney movie is that usually they're like, we have to bake in some sort of romantic component. Mm-hmm. And there was none. Even in uh, Hunchback, they kind of like, all right, we're going to try and make you believe that maybe there's a romance here. Mm. Like, I mean, there in the book, there really was a romance between Esmeralda and the soldier guy. Okay. But was, I forget if there was actually in the movie. 
I didn't ever feel like it in Hunchback, from what I remember. The, uh, the Disney movie? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. No, yes. there was. Yeah. No, because in the actual story of Hunchback Notre Dame, yes, Quasimodo falls in love with Esmeralda, but Esmeralda loves a soldier guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the book, she dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can't <laughs> that's, have... That's the only difference. No, they follow it pretty good. I mean, the only big difference is the fact that I, I don't think in the book he actually talks to the gargoyles. Uh, oh, that was a missed opportunity in the book then. <laughs> D- did any of the gargoyles sound like Goliath? Because that would have been great. So if, you really... oh, uh, if you if you want to know, this is a great uh, show that we did that mm. uh, for gargoyles. Uh, you may have been asleep during the time, Martin. <laughs> of course, uh, I probably was. No. Um, <laughs> actually, I think the best forced romance is probably the one in Pocahontas. Yeah, oh, considering that, that she so was boring. a kid at the time. Yeah, to, in the re- in, yeah in real life, yeah, she was a kid. You so. know, in the 17th century, that was that was the thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pacho returns home unaware of the unconscious llama on his cart. When he wakes, Cusco blames Pacha for his transformation and orders him to return him to the capital. Pacha offers to do so only if Cusco changes his mind about Cuscotopia, to which Cusco at first refuses. However, after running afoul of the local wildlife, the panthers all around, uh, he accepts Pacha's offer, secretly planning to go back on his word once he is safe. I love the little when the, the panther chase scene where they're going down the hill and then all the panthers surrounding him. There's just like the little kitty, the, like the little kitten panther. There's a squirrel. Or, no, no, wait, no, no, oh, no. Sorry. Yeah, at the at the bottom where he's like about to fall, and the little kitten's just like <laughs> so cute. No, no, no. It's before the panthers that there's a squirrel because remember yeah. he's mean to the squirrel. Right. You know, the squirrel offers him an acorn. And, and so he throws this, the acorn back at yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And then the, when he falls down and he's like surrounded by the sleeping panthers, the squirrel comes <laughs> up and like blows up a little balloon, does the balloon animal, and then he just pops it. But Pop. then the panthers don't wake up. So fucking Kuzu goes, ha, really loudly. And that's what wakes up the panthers. <laughs> <laughs> that, I love the time. Like, just the writing on that was perfect. That's so good. So good. Oh, my God. So the two survive many ordeals in the jungle, and Pacha finds Cusco has a good side to him underneath his ego and believes he will remain true to his word. Meanwhile, Yzma has taken the throne and soon learns that Kronk failed to kill Cusco, and the two set out to find him. Both pairs arrive at a jungle diner at the same time. Pacha overhears Yzma's plan to kill him and tries to warn Cusco, but Cusco does not believe him, announces that he still plans to destroy Pacha's village, leading to a falling out between the two. However, Cusco soon overhears more of Yzma and Kronk scheming, and realizing no one in his kingdom misses him, he leaves the diner on his own, planning on living out his days as a llama. I mean, he makes a pretty cute llama. He does. (laughs) Pacha catches up, still willing to help Cusco return to normal. Cusco apologizes for his selfishness, and they set off for Pacha's house to resupply. When they arrive, Yzma is already there. Pacha has a family stall Yzma, giving him and Cusco a head start back to the capital. They head to Yzma's laboratory and find numerous transformation potions, including the antidote. But Yzma and Kronk have somehow arrived first. And it completely, like, they yeah. completely, like, just write the fact of just, like, how did you get here? And it's like, well, looking at the map, there's no reason why we should be here. I love that. It's like they pointed out, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, this doesn't really make any sense, but we're here. We're just going to go with it. <laughs> this is a kooky movie. We're going to make it extra kooky. Yep. 
I love that. Especially when they were um, in that chase scene going to the palace. They had, like, the little dots that were following them. <laughs> the crud, like, stops and notices. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what? Like, what? What is this? What's going on? Why are they here? Yzma orders Kronk to kill the pair, but Kronk cannot bring himself to do so and ends up switching sides. After dropping him down a trapdoor, Yzma orders her guards to capture the pair under the pretense that they killed the Emperor. Pacha grabs a handful of vials while he and Cusco flee, trying out various vials during their fight to find the right one. They have, uh, As they are cornered on the ledges of a giant wall structure, uh, they find that they are down to two vials. During a scuffle, Yzma falls into one of the vials and is transformed into a helpless cat. <laughs> she's so cute! Oh, God, ah! she's adorable. And her voice is like this! <laughs> and even she's like, this is my voice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After some hijinks, Cusco and Pacha recover the other vial to which Cusco drinks it. Now human again and a more selfless ruler, Cusco takes Pacha's suggestion of moving Kustopia over to a neighboring unoccupied hill next to Pacha's village. After some time later, Cusco joins Pacha and his family at the modest resort, sharing his swimming pool with them, while elsewhere Kronk has become a scout leader and trains a new batch of scouts, including the reluctant Yzma, who remains a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. Oh, in, so the, in the series... Being you see, good squirrel scouts. In the series, you get more of the squirrel scouts, so it's really cute. Mm. Oh, I will point out, I don't know if everyone noticed this, but in the beginning of the film, when you see Cusco combing his hair, he's actually combing it with a gold llama-shaped comb. He is. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like hinting at the fact that he's going to be a llama. But then do you also notice that when he gets out of the pool and joins uh uh, Pat, uh what's his name Pacho's Pacho's family? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh Pacho's family hanging out after they were in the pool, the towel that he wraps himself with and even the uh uh, I think it's the shawl or the 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 ra- the, ra- the poncho. Yeah, the poncho. Yeah, it has a llama on it. Yeah, yeah. the poncho has a llama on it too. Yeah. It's as if they're <laughs> signaling something. Like now you're the llama because you were a llama. <laughs> you are the llama king. Let's see some of the pieces here. It actually so overall, it's got it good reviews. Uh, right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 85 approval rating with 128 reviews and an average of 7.1 out of 10. Uh, pretty much, it reads that this isn't the most ambitious animated film, but it's brisk. Uh, has fresh characters and makes big laughs for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wholesome. Uh, it does have some follow up. So in uh, 2005, uh, with Disney Toon Studios, as we mentioned, there was Kronk's New Groove, which was a direct to video sequel, uh, followed by a Disney Channel show titled The Emperor's New School. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, they reprised roles for a sequel. Um, and let's see. Cusco appeared in Disney's House of Mouse. There were video games. There was a roller coaster in Tokyo Disney Sea called Raging Spirits that took some inspiration of the Incan ruins. Hmm. Uh, but it is also one of the things that if you go to Disney, you will not find anything of. Yeah. Mm. It's really weird. That's interesting. So it's funny because actually um, there's this uh, store slash website called Box Lunch that does have some Disney merch. And I noticed they do have that llama, like a remake of that llama comb. Hmm. 
So I think you can find merch for it. It just might not be directly at Disney. You just have to look at other Disney affiliates. Or you just get a 3D model for that comb and you 3D print that she is. I mean, it already exists. So. <gasps> Let's go 3D print that she is. Let's go. No, I'm saying the comb already exists. Yeah, but we can make it ourselves for free. <sighs> or we can get it on Etsy at an overpriced rate. Ah, uh, $45. Uh, made out of real gold. <laughs> 10 carats. <laughs> It's the Kanye gold. Kanye gold. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, Emperor's New Groove. I'm curious. Um, what do you What do you guys say? I still think it's as good as the first time I saw it. I mean, it's kooky, and I definitely think it's something that holds up for kids. Mm-hmm. As a Disney movie, as an adult, like, I mean, yeah, it still is something where there's just there's just a ton of sight gags that you forget about. Um, that I think still hold up. Like, it is not your standard Disney fare. No, it's not. And I think that's the thing that I like about it, is that the, you really just, it's really focused on a lot of the sight gags and the interplay between the characters, especially with Kronk uh, and Yzma. It's just, mm-hmm. it's really enjoyable. Yeah. I I can easily see myself, when I have a family, like, getting together and watching this and just, like, having a... I mean, it's a time. good background movie, it, if it, anything. Like, just yeah. poking your head up and going, like, oh, huh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. And then, like, head back down until the next, like, little punchline comes. Right. It's like you don't have to worry too much about the plot. You know, you're not really missing too much. You can just really have it as the background film, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not just sitting there like Hunchback of Notre Dame, just going like, oh, the deep, intense plot of this movie. <laughs> oh, so Ooh. intense. I'm free. I'm Quasimoto. free. Quasimodo, what's going to happen to you? Don't believe him, Quasimodo. Or Pocahontas, where you're constantly just like, she. This is weird. This feels uncomfortable. I want to go back and watch Pocahontas and see how that feels in 2018. I, mean, uh, I don't think it's nineteen. I don't think it's gonna feel different because they obviously made changes to the story, so it wouldn't be as weird. Because obviously, it wouldn't make sense to tell the story about a little kid falling in love with a really old guy. By the by the way, John Smith was super old when he met Pocahontas. When she was really young originally. But in the movie, because they're not like that, it's still not weird. What makes it weird is knowing that in the second film, she has technically dumped John Smith for that other dude. which For, for the one that she actually gets, actually with, gets with when she's but older. But still is sort of a slave in London because... Yeah, that one's awkward. Yeah. That one's really... The second one is so hard to watch, especially when you understand the implications and the fact that this she was not the first one to go through that, like, that one's uncomfortable to watch. I do not like watching that one. Like, I love Pocahontas. Pocahontas was one of my favorite movies as a kid. I can't watch the second one. Mm. I can't. Mm. It would be it would be uncom- as uncomfortable as if The Emperor's New Groove had ended with, like, Spanish ships off in the distance. Oh, God. Uh... <laughs> like, like you, just, you just imagine, like, the end of the movie. Like, they're all just like, da-da-da, and then they just look out into the field and go, like, who are those guys on horses? <laughs> No, and why do they have these weird long objects with them? <laughs> no, like I in middle school, I was lucky enough to have a teacher who dedicated a whole semester to uh, South American, uh, early South American history. Mm. So we kind of went over the whole what happened with the Mayans, the Incans, the Aztecs, the people that came in to conquer. It's it's really it, it heavy. Letter, it pretty much is just like, and then the white people showed up and they died. But uh, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing though: it does actually get a little bit more nuanced. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm, I, just, yeah, I'm yeah. just, I'm just, I'm just being reductive. 
Yeah. Disease and all sorts of things. Fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But as as the detour of this, this is not anything that has any of those real world implications because it's a Huckle Chuck movie. It is. So. I mean, technically, El Dorado is kind of during that time period. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That, <laughs> that one's like that. Yeah. Yeah, but that one's still Huckle Chuck, too. Yeah, there's it a is. good amount of Huckle Chuck, but there's I, also kind of like a force. Isn't there like a force romance in that one, too, though? A mm, little. Just a yeah. tiny a bit. A little yeah. bit, yeah, with, uh, with that chick. With that, yeah. with that chick. They made, she was cute, oh, though. She, was, she's, she got cursed for she days. She got hella cursed. <laughs> uh, she's like, not even I'm like, she's super cute. She's a really cute character. Do that at some point. I mean, like the show, not the... All right, so. <laughs> I mean, we should do the, that movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, anyway, watch that film. That was Emperor's New Groove. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, um, you should check it out. I think it's good. It's still w- worth a watch. Um, watch for Kronk, stay for Kronk. Oh, yeah. Kronk is, Kronk is definitely the best yeah. part of the movie. Kronk, Yzma, David Spade, John Goodman. Yeah. I, I want the recipe for the spinach puffs. Oh, yeah, we all do. I... You know what? I'm surprised there's not a binging with Babish on that yet. Or there may even, there may already be one. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Because I have a feeling he may have actually done the spinach puffs. If not, you know he's going to do it. I, I feel like he's done spinach puffs and he very well may have done this one. Hmm, okay. Checking. Oh, shit. Yep. He did yeah. it. He did it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> if you guys don't want, have never heard of binging with Babish, you need to watch Check out that Binging channel. with Babish on YouTube. He is great. You need to get He's... that guy on here so he can talk about Frasier with us. Yes. We'll just have like an we'll just have a Frasier love set love fest. Yeah. What? Love fest. I mean love fest. Why? Love fest Why? is the word I have, that I want a, to say. have a love cyst okay. going love on. Cyst. People that are super into Frasier are like the people that are super into Seinfeld. They're kind of on a similar wavelength of like high-minded comedy. They're not a cronk. No. I, I'm very much a lowbrow comedy type of person, so. I mean, well, we should redo Eurotrip then. They'll be completely up your alley. Oh, I already watched Eurotrip. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> Let's just, just, just watch all of the American Pies. How does that sound? <sighs> okay, I never was into American Pie series. Yeah, neither was I. Like, it was just too much. It was. I'm sorry. Uh, it involves sexualizing a woman. Most that was like the main part of the film. And a pie. There was not a sexualization of a pie. There was there was very much a sexualization of a pie. Anyway, uh, that has been <laughs> Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> we will catch you next episode where we don't talk about sexualizing people or pies. Oh, maybe I don't know. I don't know what's next. Oh, geez, it's going to be a mystery episode. Yeah. I mean, one of these days we should probably sit here and record what it sounds like when we're trying to come up with <laughs> of stuff to watch. Well, it's usually like a week before where it's just like, damn it, what do you? Hold on, let me get on Discord. What do you want to? I don't know. What do you want to watch? I don't know. What do you want to watch? Who, who the hell? Who the hell's available? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to make up my mind. Oh, sorry, guys. I got this thing. I'm out of town. I got to go work at my dad's house. Oh, I got to go. <laughs> Thinking about you there, Eric. <laughs> we love you, Eric. Or we're all sick. Like, we can't do a podcast because we've got the plague. Oh. Yeah, everyone. I've, I've definitely missed episodes because I was sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. We will catch you next time. Thank you, Martin.
Bye. Thanks, Sabrina. I mean, I don't really have a choice. You don't. I drag you to these. And thank you all for listening. (laughs) Uh, We will be back next week for more Saturday Friends Fun. You can find us over on Discord. Uh, Well, we are on Discord if you're part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash satfriendsclub over on Twitter so you can see when our episodes air. Uh, And we are over at satfriendsclub.com. Next episode is complete and total mystery. Um, So Life is a mystery. Yeah, exactly like that. So till yep. then, do you have something to say there, Martin? Uh, may the odds ever be in your favor. Oh, dear God. Are we going to have to watch um, Mocking Jay, whatever the fuck that series is called? I mean, we got to watch everything that was ever created. So yeah, I guess so. That is our mandate. Oh, okay. It's, this is like Mystery Science Theater 3000, so we must, must watch until we go insane. What if we're already insane?